According to the CDC, more than 29 million people in the United States are diabetic, and it costs more than $176 billion to treat the disease. What can employers and employees do to manage it all? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of the Shift Shapers podcast is brought to you by Captivated Health, a captive insurance arrangement designed specifically for educational institutions. If you have clients in that vertical, you know the healthcare deck has been stacked against them. Today, Captivated Health offers the stability, control, and savings they've been waiting for. For more information, go to www.captivatedhealth.com or click on the company logo on the Shift Shapers website. On this episode of the Shift Shapers podcast, we're speaking with Tom Milam. Tom is president of True Life Care. They specialize in helping people with diabetes live better lives. And as we all know, besides the individual impact and the employee impact, there's a significant impact on plans that cover these employees as well. So with that, welcome, Tom. Thank you, David. Good to be here. You know, going way back to, it's interesting, it happens to be the 20th anniversary of the Asheville Project, which maybe started the significant dialogue around diabetes and the kind of problem that it is. Let's level set. How big a problem is this in the employee population or in the population at large? It is an ever-increasing problem, David. And since the Asheville Project was launched 20 years ago now, it was the first study that I remember reading 14 years ago when it was first published in one of the pharmacy publications and got my interest right then. But you know, since then, the incidence of diabetes has almost doubled. In the workforce, it's typically around 10% of your population, whereas it was maybe 4 or 5%. 20 years ago, it was 10 to 12% of the typical health plan spend was for the members with diabetes. Today, that number is around 25%. I've seen it as high as 37% of all the plan dollars going to the population with diabetes. Wow. Is that a boomer-driven phenomenon, or is it across all age cohorts? Well, it's across all age cohorts in America. As you can imagine, Medicare is even worse. The older you get, the diabetes moves faster, more complications. But it's really, uh, yes, you know, for America, it's, it's been the boomer population, but it's the processed foods, the weight gain. You know, if you've got that genetic ticker in there, it, uh, it flips the switch and you get the diabetes. But now we are seeing it in employer plans down into people in their 30s. Even teenagers, we have mom, dad, and daughter all in our program in some plans. So let's break this down so we understand the scope of the problem that we're talking about today. Let's break this down, if you will, into two components. We'll talk about them separately. The first is obviously there's cost involved in just diagnosing, maintaining, etc. Any idea what that cost is? And then let's talk about the big elephant in the room, which are the complications and the facilities charges. Right. Well, diagnose and maintain. So we're, we're going to focus on clinical care. That's, of course, that's what the health plan does. It, it pays for clinical encounters, health events, medications, things like that. 
So with more biometric screenings in the workplace, the incidence of diabetes is being diagnosed more regularly. That's not, it's not expensive to diagnose, but when you are diagnosed, suddenly there are medications you'll need to, need to take. There are, you know, the testing supplies. You should be checking your blood sugar, although that is a debatable topic among some physicians. Some physicians just say, come in, let me check you, but, and so the average spend for in employer plans that we see in when we examine the health claims is around three and a half to four thousand dollars a year for the average medication spend. That is pulled up a good bit by the twenty percent, sometimes it's twenty five percent of the people who are using insulin, which is quite a bit, you know, that alone is oftentimes $5,000 a year, and it can be even more you know, just for the insulin. But even if you're on just uh, you know oral or, or pill therapy, uh, the average medication spend is, is exceeds $2,000. And then we move to the complications. So what happens with diabetes? Diabetes is a, is a disease of the blood. It's high blood sugar. That's the marker. And David, what I like to tell people is to think about having a fever. We all know that if we have a fever, we can bring that fever down with Tylenol, which is acetaminophen, or Advil, which is ibuprofen. That'll bring the fever down, but you know, have we taken care of the underlying issue that is resulting in our having a fever, which is, of course, very uncomfortable. You know, that's what they have to do is find, well, what is causing this fever? And you have to go at that and whether it requires an antibiotic or what have you, or just some time, you know, get, get rid of the underlying cause. With diabetes, you, yes, there's a marker, just like with a fever. You know, your, your blood sugar, instead of being 80 or below, it's suddenly over 100. At diabetes, it's 126 or greater in a fasting state. And that causes your blood to be quite angry. It, it upsets the, the walls of your blood vessels. So that blood is going everywhere in your body from your head to your toe. And so complications can start, you know, at the bottom with, you know, abscesses and cellulitis in the lower leg and moving on up to your gastrointestinal tract, gallbladder, liver, et cetera. And, you know, your blood vessels, you have hypertension, risk of stroke is greatly elevated. And then you have heart disease, 70% of people living with diabetes will eventually die of heart disease compared to 20% of the rest of the population. Heart disease is very expensive to treat as well. So all those complications tie back to your diabetes. And yes, there are the medications that we just talked about and insulin. You know, if you have type 1 diabetes where your body makes no insulin, you know, it's insulin is a lifesaver. It's a life sustainer. You have to have that insulin for your body to function. But for the majority, the 95% who have type 2 diabetes, you know, the medications, yes, they can bring that sugar count down maybe 20 points, maybe some of them 30 points. The insulin, if you have to go to that, that can bring it down some too. But just like bringing down the fever is a good thing, it helps you, but you haven't done anything to deal with the underlying cause for what's causing that blood sugar to be elevated. And that's the... The push, that's the rock in a hard place is where you are because it's really, you're really not with the pills and medications. You know, my practical experience is you don't see the complications not developing, maybe a little bit slower, but really it, it gets back to what a person does or does not do with their, you know, their daily life, their behaviors, their choices as to whether or not they are controlling what is going on in their body that is creating the high blood sugar. And those complications 
result in the really expensive events for people with diabetes. David, I refer to, I refer people to the Healthcare Cost Institute. I believe that is hcci.org. It's an organization that tracks healthcare spending patterns and, and they perform analyses of employer health plan spending. And they took over 40 million employer health plan lives claims, their claims for 2014. And that's about a quarter of the entire U.S. employer health plan population. And when they ran it through their analytics, they found that around 7%, 7 point something percent of the population had diabetes. What I see in most plans in the areas where we work, it's, it's higher. It, it kind of depends on your demographics. We, we can talk about a, that separately. But when the 7 point whatever percent with diabetes, their average total annual healthcare spend was $16,021. For 2014, that's the total employer plus employee. You know, their out of pocket is included in that. For the 90, almost 93% who did not have diabetes, their average spend for 2014 was $4,397. So that's, that's a big delta, almost $12,000. You've heard about this spending, a little bit about the spending for a pharmacy. Yes, they're spending you know, three and a half, four thousand dollars a year, which is far more than the, you know, less than one thousand dollars that the non-diabetics are spending. But just take that three thousand dollar difference off the almost twelve and you see quickly that well nine thousand dollars unaccounted for and where that is going is basically to the uh, hospital, you know, for their uh, emergency visit and for their admit to the hospital. And that is what can be avoided. The range of complications is just way broader than you might think. It is, David. It is. And, you know, that's where you take a step back. I remember a image that spoke to me, which came out of Stanford University or, or their medical center. It just showed the human body and, you know, just had arrows and bullets off of it, just showing, you know, this is what diabetes is going to do to your body. And so whether it affects your feet first or your gallbladder first, I think it depends on your genetic disposition as well as what you do or don't do, you know, in your daily behaviors. But it really can affect any part of your body. And now a word from our sponsor. Captivated Health is a single source solution for your clients and prospects who are in the education vertical. The founders of Captivated Health have nearly 20 years experience working with educational institutions and over that time, they've developed a keen understanding of the unique problems these clients experience. Frustrated by a lack of control, the unpredictability of ever-increasing health care costs, and the pressures and regulations of the Affordable Care Act, these groups have been adrift in the fully insured commercial marketplace until now. Captivated Health has built a program that solves those problems, and it does so with virtually no disruption to faculty and staff while saving clients millions of dollars. We wanted you to be among the first to know that Captivated Health is building a national distribution partner network so you can bring this cutting-edge solution to the educational clients you advise. To learn more about the Captivated Health solution, go to their website at www.captivatedhealth.com or click on their logo on the Shift Shapers website. And now, back to our interview. So let's talk for a little bit. Let, now that we've kind of defined the problem, let's talk a little bit about what advisors can do. What tools are out there in the marketplace? How do they talk to employers about it? 
how do they even get the data they need to start that conversation? Those are several really good questions. And, and where do you start? That's like many challenges in life. You know, where, where do I start? How do, how do I eat an elephant? <laughs> One bite at a time. You know, I, I believe as a, as a former financial executive, you know, and I, I recall HR or, or the, our vice president coming in and saying, you know, this is what we're looking at for benefits next year. And, well, we can't afford that. What can we do? <laughs> Would be my response. And, uh, you know, the dials to turn where, well, we can, you know, increase copays or increase deductibles. And now we've, you know, moved to the consumer directed, high deductible plans, et cetera, trying to make people more responsible for their uh, care, more aware of the cost. But those are at, at max, you know, max volume now. They're, they're, they've gone from one to 10. Can't do much there, but you know, wh- what is the data behind it? So I, I think uh, starting with the data is, is important. I know in, in our particular company, we, we ask for data and we provide, you know, a no obligation analysis. Let's show you uh, how many people have diabetes or don't have diabetes. Let's, let's see what the cost is. And I think consultants and producers can ask their carriers. Uh, many of them today have informatics partners. They've, they've got analytics. Step back, look at the umbrella. How many people are diagnosed with diabetes? It's very straightforward. You have the diagnosis codes. You can look at the medications. There are a very specific list of medications, which are for diabetes only. Uh, you can identify them. What is that percentage? And then look at their total claims. Look at their total claims experience. Put them into a bucket and say, okay, well, how much am I in paying in total for these people? Pharmacy, medical, grand total. How does that compare? So, you know, in, in today's world, there, there is more access to data. The carriers for self-funded clients that's, can easily provide the data for an analysis. And that starts the conversation. Now we can talk about, well, Mr. And Mrs. Employer, this is your population. This is what is going on. And the Northeast Business Group on Health uh, published a really good white paper in uh, 2015. Spent a year studying diabetes in employer health plans. It's available on their website. It talks about transformation that's needed for diabetes care in employer health plans. I remember being struck. I thought there were several significant takeaways from the work that they did. And the first, which is a statement on page one, is that Whatever it is that we've been doing, you know, these carrier programs for diabetes management, some third party things, et cetera, have clearly not been effective because it's gotten worse. As, as we talked about as we started this, the incidence, the cost has more than doubled in employer health plans over these last 15 or so years. So they're saying, you know, there's, it's a great opportunity. Doing nothing is not a good option because it's only going to get worse. So we need to be looking for new solutions with what we do. I mean, I have my principles that engage with people, but there are uh, several companies out there who are using real-time monitoring as, as their mantra. They're uh, using artificial intelligence and apps to try, basically to try to get people more engaged with their behavior, uh, which is the real issue that is causing the glucose problem that they have that the pill cannot solve. It can only, you know, bring that fever down just a little bit, that that high glucose reading down a little bit, and it's only temporary as well. Do you see a change? I mean, for a long time, the disease management programs that came from carriers, because not picking on carriers, but there was no other metric, there was no other intervention. Those were kind of tell 
oriented as in, you know, we're, we're going to get you engaged and we're going to, we're going to tell you what you need to do. Has that moved to a, a help kind of approach? And, and is that better? Is, are you getting better engagement from those kinds of interactions? Yes, is the short answer, David. And you're right. And, you know, our clinical world is based on treat to target. In other words, tell a person. I mean, if, if I'm sick, you're sick, we go to the doctor, tell me what to do, doc, <laughs> and I'll do it. I, I want to get well. But you can't get well from diabetes. The medical term to describe a person with diabetes, and it's totally under control, their numbers, their readings are consistently great, is that their diabetes is in remission. It's the, it's the same term that's used for cancer. It'll, it'll come roaring back if you don't have the discipline and stay with it and at it. So this ties to the words you used, which is engagement. Getting a person engaged and keeping them engaged is key. The old programs were more of, uh, you know, I'm going to look at the worst of the worst and go after them and, and tell them what to do. As you just pointed out, they would only go after you know, four or five or six percent of the population. Who was the worst last year? In the employer health plan space, a thousand people with diabetes average 900 to a thousand days in the hospital every year. Compare that to 1,000 people who do not have diabetes who spend maybe 180 days in the hospital, maybe 190 days every year. It's a five times or more difference. And therefore, it's a, it's a risk factor. It's risk management. We know from this population, we have people who are going to become sick much more frequently with, you know, it's predictable. And it's not the same people every year. Out of those thousand people, it's going to be 140 or 50 of them that wind up in the hospital. The next year, sure, maybe five or 10 of them are the same. They go back to the hospital, but it's a new 130 or 40 who have a hospital event and they're coming out of that, you know, 90, 95% that have historically been ignored. You've got to get everyone, try to get everyone with diabetes more engaged and learning, actively learning and engaged with taking care of themselves, with self-care on a daily basis. It's different than other programs, isn't it? Because with other disease states, as you pointed out earlier, you go to the hospital, you go to the doctor, you get fixed, whatever you're suffering from goes away. This is more of a long-term project. So how do you, we only got a couple minutes left, so maybe it's not fair because we could do 20 minutes on this question, but how do you get employees engaged? And then I guess more importantly, in this particular disease state, how do you keep them engaged? Yeah, great questions. And going back to the Northeast Business Group on Health White Paper, they were ending it saying, you know, the, the more ways, don't there is no silver bullet you know, so the, the more opportunities, the more ways you can provide to your employees and their spouses who are in your health plan with diabetes to be engaged, the better opportunity you have for better outcomes for them and for your health plan. So being engaged, incentives work, penalties probably are not such a good motivator. But I have seen companies who, you know, install incentives for, for instance, uh, to pay the least amount of premium for your health benefits. You've got to hit certain targets. And, you know, if they aren't hitting certain targets, perhaps that's a BMI target. You know, if they have diabetes, well, there are diabetes programs that will allow if you participate, then I'll let you pay the lower premium. So there are incentives. There can be copay waivers, but those copay waivers should be tied to participation and engagement, and it should be tied to continuous 
engagement. So monitoring and knowing how many people are engaged and, and whether or not they stay engaged is, is critically important. There are programs out there now that are, you know, six, eight, 10, 12 weeks in length. There was a very important study conducted actually by an endocrinologist at the Vanderbilt University Medical Center in their diabetes clinic. This was eight or so years ago. They had almost 400 people they put through an intensive 12-week program, and the objective was we're going to teach them what to do and get all of their A1Cs, which is an important measurement tool in diabetes. We're going to get them all down below 7, which is the American Diabetes Association standard that they want people to keep their A1C under 7. They got all of them under 7, and then they tracked them for three years. At the end of one year, only 46% were still you know, with an A1C under seven at three years, only 23% still had their A1C. There's an issue called diabetic relapse, which the AMA tracked and has documented that diabetic relapse is basically identical to drug addictions or other, or other addictions uh, relapse. It's hard to stay engaged, but providing programs that help keep people engaged and maybe it's multiple programs. So that, well, if I get tired of this one, I'll try this one. But the more you can get your people with diabetes engaged, aware of, and practicing better self-care habits, you will have better outcomes and you will save money. And those employees will save money as well. It's a fascinating and a very important subject, Tom. Thank you for sharing your expertise with the Shift Shapers audience. We will link in the show notes at shiftshapersonline.com to the studies that Tom referenced. So those will be available for, for all of our listeners. But Tom, thank you again. We hope you'll come back. David, it was great. I'm always happy to talk about diabetes and and what we can do to help these people. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Strategic Vision Publishing and David Saltzman. This podcast may not be reproduced in any form, in whole or in part, without the express written permission of the producers. All rights reserved.